We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. going on everybody welcome to striking gold your 49ers podcast on the blue wire network my name is rob ladder i cover the 49ers for blue wire and joining me tonight is my co-host the man over at the beast that is niners nation kp kyle posey what's going on bro what's up man uh doing well you know getting some football news coming in which means football is right around the corner i'm looking forward to it how you doing how's it like yeah so everybody needs to know that I texted KP yesterday and I said that, hey man, what do you, what do you want to talk about tomorrow? And we kind of talked, we kind of threw some ideas back and forth, talked about topics and then KP left off with, it doesn't really matter because something will happen tomorrow anyways. It makes it worthless. So we'll just, you know, we'll just wait until then. And then sure enough, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make anything <laughs> worthless, but sure enough this morning, news of of the 49ers newly uh newly paid newly minted all pro linebacker fred warner and his con- massive contract extension broke and i and i immediately text kp and was like dude you called it called <laughs> what you, it and what did you say like can i act like i i i knew this i planned this yeah i just want to pretend you know that i knew this was coming because i said we are not we're gonna waste our time and i'll just pretend like i knew this was coming and I wish, you know, you could have framed that well to just hype me up a little bit. But <laughs> it's uh, it's this team. It's, it's never ending, man. There's always news. It really does seem like it. And obviously last week the news was a bit more somber. Uh, we, we talked for a while about, you know, Richard Sherman's uh, predicament, his situation, the incident that happened with him and his family, um, which I feel at this point's probably been detailed more than enough. Everybody listening to this already knows pretty much everything there is to know about it. Uh, I think he ended up being charged with five misdemeanor uh, counts, and he issued a statement on his Twitter. If you haven't seen that, go check that out. It's important to to read stuff like that. I'm not going to read it verbatim on here, but um, so that's kind of sorting itself out. Hopefully, you know, all, all I'll say is hopefully that's the last we hear. 
when it comes to Sherm. And obviously it needs to sort itself out in court and whatever that's going to be. But hopefully that's the last we hear uh, when it comes to that type of news from Sherm. Because, I mean, you're talking about a guy that has a Hall of Fame football career pretty much already in the bag. And to me, that's only like the beginning. Like whether he's on ESPN or NFL Network or he's, you know, one of the the commentators for NBC's, you know, wherever you, I, I feel like wherever he wants to go from here, he can go there. So hopefully, like I'm saying, that's the last we hear of, of that for sure. And hopefully he gets the help he needs and everything kind of shapes itself out so he can just continue to win at, you know, everything he does. Yeah, man. It's uh, I think it's important for, well, first of all, we just need to focus on, you know, his, his health, he gets right. And yeah, as right. you said, just, Let's just um, focus on the human and just hope that the next time we hear from Richard Sherman, um, hopefully, you know, he's signing for the team. He has, you know, overcame whatever, you know, the issues that is causing that caused that to happen. And we're able to move past that. And not, and that doesn't mean to like ignore what happened because obviously, you know, we want him to get well, but it was, it was, it was different. It was, I guess, tough because I think we, we have an idea of who Sherman is. And we know that's not him. So I think that's what made it so tough. Right. Yep. That's a good, it's a good way to say it. You know, you just, hopefully his, his life and everything involved in it just takes a turn towards, you know, positivity and everything kind of gets to where it needs to be. But um, so anyway, like we said, moving on um, the 49ers, the, the biggest news of the day, biggest news of the week, biggest news of the off season, maybe, uh, you know, not, I'm necessarily immediately recalling every news we've gotten this offseason. But the 49ers have signed Fred Warner, linebacker, Fred Warner, all pro, all pro Fred, hashtag that thing. They signed him to a five-year extension worth more than $95 million with $40.5 million guaranteed. And one of the guys from Spotrack, they, if, you, if you've never heard of him, they kind of like, do a lot with the salary cap and break it all down. Basically, it was $95.2 million in new money, 27.5 guaranteed at signing. Um, almost a million guaranteed next year, 12 million in 23. But it, what he put here that was interesting to me, it said practical. Essentially, the contract is three years, 42 million. And I think that's right around 40 or $14 million a year. So uh kp i mean what was your what was your reaction upon reading this this morning did it surprise you um are you all about it what's uh what's this what's the deal i mean pay good players easy decision for me and we we kind of talked about this like we've all, we all you need to relax with, with <laughs> you need you can't just be throwing shit out <laughs> you can't just be saying shit like that without warning me <laughs> Um, pay your elite players, very simple, you know. Uh, but we talked about him and how Fred Warner was going to make right around or a little more than Bobby Wagner, who was initially the highest paid linebacker in the NFL before this. And, yeah, Fred Warner, this deals, he's not going to be the highest paid linebacker for long. So I think, if anything, it's good that they were able to get out ahead of, you know, Darius Leonard, who's probably going to get extended, and then Roquan Smith, if that happens next year. So the 49ers don't have to get into a bidding war in that sense, but not much of a surprise. But when you say, when you break it down like the three-year deal and it comes out to 14 mil, 
And I mean, sure, he cares about the title where he's highest paid now. And that 40 mil guaranteed, I'm sure, has a big, a big reason for him signing that contract. But 14 million per season for three years is should be a steal for Fred Warner. And I think that's what we should focus on. But again, um, pay him whatever he wants to because he's the best player in his position and he's one of the best coverage linebacker or best coverage players in the NFL, not just linebacker. So I loved it, man. I'm, I'm happy that he was able to get paid. Yeah, man. He uh, and you know, I want to give a quick little shout out to Kyle Manson of the Candlestick Chronicles because also of Niners Wire. Come back because uh, we have a, a group chat with me, him, and Chris Biederman and Jared Brown. Uh, basically, everybody that at one point were, we were all writing for Niners Wire together. And Kyle, even before the draft, before that that year that Fred Warner was drafted, he was a big Fred Warner guy. And it, he was like one of those guys that if he was always there in like the second or the third round for all his mock drafts, he was always taking Fred Warner. And, it, you know, we just knew that he was a big Fred Warner guy. And then the draft rolls around and in the third round, the 49ers draft Fred Warner. And, you know, that was a nice big old feather in, in Kyle's cap. And not only has he did the 49ers draft him, but he ended up being very, very good. And not only is he very good, but he's pretty much the best at his position in all the NFL. And then he gets all pro and now he just got a huge payday. So it's like Kyle's little draft crush, uh, you know, developed into one of the best linebackers in football. So I got to give a shout out to him because every time, time somebody talks about Fred Warner, I always think of Kyle Madsen's mock drafts before the season. I wonder um, how annoyed people were that he was just listing Warner every time. And sure enough, uh, he's a freaking stud now. Yeah, it was it, – I'm wondering if I – did I ever do that? I don't think so. I'm trying to think if there was – because I, I used to do a lot of mock drafts. So I'm trying to think if there was ever a guy that I mocked draft. I mean, obviously, I was a huge DeForest Buckner guy, and that happened. But that's different. That's, you know, that's the seventh overall pick, and there was only so many players that could fall into that slot. But, yeah, when it comes to Fred Warner, it's easy, man. I mean, the guy is like – he's kind of, in a way, he kind of was right there towards the forefront of that that kind of paradigm shift for linebackers, away from being bigger, you know, the Ray Lewis types, bigger, hit hard, can stop the run – pretty bad in coverage like that just doesn't fly anymore you know nfl offenses have evolved in a way to where guys like that will just get picked apart and then here you have fred warner who like i said was towards the forefront of the the really really athletic linebackers that could kind of do a little bit of everything and you're talking about a guy that has a package devoted to him you know where he's covering wide receivers and 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 what did he didn't he like hollow follow uh, Hollywood Brown down the field and break up a post yeah. or something like that? Yeah, man. You know you're talking and he's and not only that, but the guy's like six three, two hundred and twenty five pounds. He's massive. He's a freak athlete. And if you're not the thing, that I always fall back on when it comes when there's people out there that will actually put it into public view that they think you shouldn't pay someone like Fred Warner. The thing I always fall back on is. If the if Fred Warner magically became available right now, would what kind of contract would he get? And obviously, it would it would if Fred Warner were were like I said, just suddenly available, the contract he would get would would put the one the Forty ers signed him to to shame. 
you know, like he would just get a massive payday if someone like Fred Warner were to hit free agency. And he's, there's no, there's literally no reason not to pay him. Like the 49ers have the money. The salary cap is expected to go up significantly. Um, He is one of, if not the best linebacker in the NFL right now. And he's an absolute leader in the locker room. He's a leader on the defense. Uh, He's proven that not only does he have the physical ability, but he's got the mental ability too, just from the plays we've seen him make and the, the way players around him kind of talk about the things he says on the field and the way he studies. There's, you just have no reason not to pay a guy like that. And it, it blows my mind. You know, there's always got to be somebody out there, but when there's, when somebody will, will like I said, in public, in public view, <laughs> let people know that they disagree with signing a player like that. And it's, it's funny, but so, you, I mean, you saw that a little bit. What was the, what was the general, I guess we could just laugh at him, right? I mean, there, I imagine Bill Belichick would give up a first rounder for Fred Warner. Would you, would you agree that multiple teams in the NFL would give up a first rounder for him? Oh man, absolutely. I would not, again, if it was just some magical scenario where Fred Warner became available, it wouldn't surprise me if they got what they got for DeForest Buckner, like 13th overall. I I think that would be in play. Knowing that, so we're just talking value, forget the position because when the ball snapped, he is guarding wide receivers and you have to account for that. So knowing that, why in the world would you not max out, give him as much money, uh, make him the highest paid player because of the value that he brings to your defense, man. Um, Bill Belichick, speaking of, if you just watch what they've done the last few years, he's been building his defense around these off-ball linebackers that have so little value. Uh, Dante Hightower is a good example because their defense fell off a cliff without him last year. So he, Fred Warner does everything, and he's really good at everything. So if we're just talking about on the 49ers – would you agree that he's top three coverage, pass rush, run fit, um, just essentially everything that matters, slipping blocks, um, probably even tackling, and maybe most of all, most importantly, especially for this team, staying freaking healthy. So, <laughs> like, what, availability. Right. Your best ability is your availability. I hate that line so we much. We need but. a cliche now. <laughs> uh, honestly, man, there's nothing that he really does that you're like, oh, wow, like that's an issue. And when that's the case, when you run out of like superlatives for a player, you're going to want to pay him. So, yeah, some of the takes today, even comparing him to like Darius Leonard, who he's like they're playing two different sports. It's just I think people grasp on to either bigger names or since the 49ers didn't do well last season, maybe people weren't aware of how well Warner played. But he was balling out with like Alex Barrett as his defensive tackle. Uh, people that you've uh-huh. never heard of, people wearing 60s and 70s at defensive tackle in front of him, and he's still making plays, man. And, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, he's guarding – or you said Hollywood Brown. Against the Packers, he was guarding Devontae Adams. Like, because he wasn't targeted doesn't mean, like, he's not making plays, which is a big issue in the analytic world. So most of his plays, in my opinion, are the plays that – like, it's not the – everybody goes to his interception, like the interception where Jerry Goff threw it right to him. Like, no, like anybody's going to make that play. It's the ones where he takes the targets away. Uh, I remember against Julian Edelman, like he's running a, a pivot route, whip route for him. He's just a really special player, man. So I I don't understand, but I, I think it just comes back to people just, you know, not really knowing 
what he does as a player, just boxing him into a linebacker just because he plays a position um, doesn't mean, you know, he can't cover, which is what people were saying. Like, he's not a good coverage player, which like, come on, man. Like, he's a former freaking safety. Well, and it's – if you were to build a prototypical linebacker for the modern NFL, probably would be really close to Fred Warner. You know, he's 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 quick. He has size. And the size – I mean, a lot of people, when they think of linebackers, they're like, oh, you know, six foot – Maybe even 5'11", 5'11", 6'1". Fred Warner's a hard 6'3". Like, it would oh, – I don't huge. know his exact measurements. Um, but, it, you know, when you see him, you don't think 6'2". You could you could mistake him for 6'4". He's a, he's a big dude. And that, you know, with today's tight ends and how much they're starting to run the league, you need somebody like Fred Warner that's going to be able to step in, step in there. And he's not going to be bullied, you know, by a tight end. And it, it's just – it's silly. It's not. A, it, it's to a point where is it even worth like giving this much airtime to the uh, the criticism of signing somebody like Fred Warner? Uh, it, it isn't really. It's just it. It made every single. It, he checked every single box for the 49ers when it comes to why you would pay somebody. So, and not even one thing we haven't even mentioned yet is like if you're not going to pay somebody like Fred Warner then who are you going to pay and what kind of precedence <laughs> is that going to set in a locker room where good players aren't rewarded you can only do a DeForest Buckner trade every so often maybe like once a decade i would say right you can't just you can't just create the the reputation that you're only hoping players are good so you can trade them. You know, like you have to develop the idea that good players can strive to be great so that they can get that payday, build that generational wealth, change their life, change their family's life. Like, and they have to feel like they can do that for your team. You know, you have to build that sense of pride and that sense of ownership. You can't just take every good player and, and ship them off because now they're worth a lot. Like, that's kind of like that was like Trent Baalke's thing. Like he would never pay good players within the building, and you just can't do that because you're you're removing a huge part of the incentive to be good in the first place. Now, obviously, it's the you know the other half is you still want to be good because somebody's going to pay you, but the you know the team that's drafting these this talent, that's developing this talent, and that's watching it kind of bloom, you should be the one to pay them more often than not. I think especially guys that you develop homegrown and even if they're not like, I don't know if they're not first round picks and that should be like a badge of honor for you. So you should want to pay them. And yeah, again, just going back to uh, who else do you pay? What, what, what are the options? He's an elite player. It just goes back to that. He's one of the very best players. And you want to keep those guys on your roster because that's how you win football games. It's because of the Jimmys and the Joes. And it is going to be tough for you to find a player anywhere near the caliber of Warner, man. Like, he is up there. And and I'm, like, the furthest thing from a homer. Like, I root for the 49ers. I hope they do well. But when we're just listing good players, Warner is up there against any defender. Like, I would put him up against any defender in the NFL because he's seriously that special of a player. He just does that much on the football field. Have they done the top 100 players this year? The the one that kind of goofy NFL network one that they say players vote on? Uh, I haven't seen it. 
I don't think so. Okay. Maybe I don't think so either. Maybe they took a year off because last year, but um, I I couldn't imagine him being any worse than thirty, right? Right. No. Yeah. And I I probably would have said twenty at this point, but you know, there's a lot of good football players, so True. him not, you know, that thirty is a compliment. Me. Like even fifty is a really big compliment. Right. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it's awesome. It's cool. I, there was a part of me that thought. You know, there was a reality where maybe they wouldn't want to pay Fred Warner because maybe they people higher up in the front office weren't exactly sold on the value of a linebacker. But it it obviously isn't the case. And when you when you think of John Lynch leading an organization as the general manager, he's going to, if anything, as a safety, he's going to have just as much respect for a linebacker as anybody. Just knowing how when it comes to playing safety, shit rolls downhill and a good linebacker can erase a lot of the problems that a safety might have. So um, it, it, when I think of it that way, it doesn't necessarily surprise me. So, I mean, good for them. Good for the 49ers. It's always cool to read a player get paid like that. And my, and my biggest thing when a pair gets played like that, it's like that person's life just changed forever. Yeah. Like for the rest of their life. And as long as you're smart with your money, you know, your kids – and their lives are changed forever. I mean, that is a lot of, when you're talking about an average Joe's life, like my life, teacher salary type stuff, the amount of money that Fred Warner just made is like unbelievable. And Millie. Right. And, and it's it, not going it, to be his like, last contract. No, 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 it won't be. And so I, I, that's the first thing I always think of. I'm just so happy for the amount of people that are just, their lives just changed. I mean, even Fred Warner's parents, maybe his siblings, you know, you know, you know, just don't know how, how, uh, it's obviously up to him what he does with his own damn money, but it's, it, I just love the fact that to thinking about that, you know, that's how it about, should be honestly. And that's right. because you're a good human. <laughs> um, <laughs> when, when people say, Oh, he's overrated. Oh, he shouldn't make that much money. No matter who it is, no matter who gets paid, like how is that the first thing that comes to your mind? You should be happy that anybody got paid. It's it's the team's fault, if anything, that they paid player X um, more. But yeah, in Warner's case, especially like I'm, I was born in San Diego. You don't really hear too many people from that area just come up. So uh, it's great to hear him. Even though I will say, I tried to convince him to have the nickname Anchorman, and he just like no. He said, I don't know about that. He just wasn't feeling it at all. So, uh, Fred, if you're listening, reconsider now that you have the bag. Now that that you have a literal ankle or anchor tied to you uh, in the form of gold coins. So, um, you know, yeah, it's it's cool, man. It is real cool. And that's, again, that's the first thing I think of. Man, that whole family's life just changed, bro. That is so cool. It's like they won the lottery. So, uh, except it's all just based off Fred Warner's hard work. And, so, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and not only that, but I mean, think about it from that perspective. You're talking about a dude that's probably been playing football since he was like 10 years old, maybe even younger, and went all the way through middle school sports and then high school sports. He was probably the best player on his high school team. And then he got all these college looks, and then he went to college at BYU. And, you know, obviously it was one of, if not the best player on that BYU team and then he gets drafted and then now he has to claw his way through the pros and become one of the best professional football players out there. I mean, it's just, it could all be a movie, man. It's fucking cool. It's cool. 210 pound high school recruit. He was kind of scary. And now he is the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. That is amazing story. It is dude. It's like, 
just be positive. And when play, when fans complain about how much of money a player gets paid, they're like, who gives a shit? It's not your money. Like, <laughs> it has nothing to do with you. It's, nobody just stole from a bank account that has some <laughs> influence in your future. Like, who gives a shit, man? Like, it's not yours. Don't worry about it. But anyways, it's fucking cool. I love when players get paid. I love thinking about just the, 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 the second and third order effects of it. It's awesome. So moving on. I suppose. Congratulations to oh, all pro gosh. Fred hashtag stuff. Hey. Um, the 49ers locked up the up, up until this point, the 49ers had three rookies that were unsigned from their draft class. Um, quarterback Trey Lance. You've heard of him. Cornerback Ambry Thomas, third rounder and another third rounder in running back Trey Sermon, who they just signed today. So I don't even know if we've talked about Trey Sermon together. I think we have. I'm pretty well, sure we yeah. have a spit when we're, but, I mean, obviously we all knew he was going to get signed. What kind of, like, just kind of spin it forward a little bit. What Do you see Trey Sermon making some noise in camp and in preseason and, and maybe earning a, a bigger role than a lot of people think? Yeah, I've seen some takes on him this week for sure from the 49ers land. And some people think that it's almost a foregone conclusion that he's going to be the guy. Like, he's going to be the starter. He's going to be the one who gets over 200, 220 carries. I think he's going to be very good. Uh, I think any running back on this team is going to be very good, and that's in large part because the offensive line is going to be very good. But it helps because Sermon is a baller. He's, he was he was incredible at Oklahoma, honestly. Like I, that's where I, he really caught my eye. Obviously, he was a little banged up and uh, got had a slow start to this last season at Ohio State. But uh, you saw what happened once he got rolling. He was rushing for 200, 300 yards in a game, man. So uh, usually those guys who compete – who excel at Oklahoma and Ohio State tend to do well in the NFL. So uh, I I can't envision a scenario where he doesn't play well. I think I'm I'm pretty excited just to see his usage, honestly. So I, I just want to see a running back catch a ball out of the backfield. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would be surprised if he wasn't a baller just because everything that he's done up until this point, I'm not going to go as far to say like he's going to steal most of the spot or uh, he mo- he makes most of it expendable because uh, it's tough to make the fastest person in the NFL expendable. So, um, <laughs> but still I, just that one, two punch, like they're going to be very good. And I could see him either being the guy that wears down defenses late in the game, which would be cool. And, you know, maybe he pops a long run there or the guy that kind of sets up most uh, for the fourth quarter. So he, he'll have a role either way. And, uh, maybe he might be the third down back just because, you know, he's he's aware as a pass blocker and he has good hands. So uh, his role is what I'm what I'm interested in. What do you think? What What's what are we going to see from Sermon? I don't know, man. I think it's tough because I'm, I'm certainly not of the opinion that you're just going to move Raheem Mostert aside. Like my, you know, my 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 little friendship with him aside, like, I mean, like you said, man, you're talking about one of, if not what could be the fastest player in the NFL who's had some shitty luck with injuries. And maybe that's a part of his story. You know, maybe, maybe the injuries persist and that's just kind of the card he was dealt. And if that's the case, then the door is open for somebody like Trey Sermon to step in and really turn it up and and maybe seize that spot. But, but to me, it's like, it's not, you're not like putting Raheem on the bench. Because you're that good. Like, could Trey Sermon be that good? Maybe. 
But Raheem's like just I don't know. Go back, Le'Veon Bell, good to make most of expendable. Right. It it just and it just isn't going to happen. At least I don't think it is. That would be pretty shocking to me. Go back and watch the NFC Championship game against the Packers and. Watch, watch week one. Watch week two. He's running for 90 freaking yards. <laughs> right. Like, just remind yourself what Raheem Mostert is. And and if anything, I just say, get excited about a, an awesome, another another chance for the 49ers to have an awesome one-two punch. Yeah. And that'll be big to keep Mostert healthy, I imagine. But you brought up the injury history. So, Sermon has had his fair share of injuries, too. And that dates back to Oklahoma and I think even before then. So, it's not like he's like a this durable running back. So maybe just keeping the load light for both of those guys will be the best interest for them moving forward. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But it's it's an interesting combination because Trey Sermon's not slow. But he's he's thicker and he's stouter, and I really watching him was rarely you know 
rarely do you watch a football player and see something completely new or something that at the very least, something that really surprises you. And the way Trey Sermon ran the football really surprised me. Like you're talking about a dude who literally breaks tackles like it's normal, you know, like it's an broken tackles. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, broken tackles happen all the time, but they're not normal for a player. And Trey Sermon made it made it like normal. Like I had a uh, not last year because we didn't get to have football last year, but the year before that, I had a player named Marshall Sanders who could, you know, remember the name. He could he has all the talent in the world. He could. Yeah, right. I know he could he could. He could, I think he could be a professional football player. You could just tell the athleticism that he had. And I know he's going to end up being like 6'3. And he was my wide receiver that I coached. And it got to a point where we would throw him a screen. And he was bigger than most kids, but he wasn't like freakishly big middle school, like Jadavian Clowney high school highlight type thing. He wasn't like that. But we got to the point where we would throw him a little bubble and I wouldn't even look at the corner that was in front of him. I would look at the next person, like where's the safety coming from? (laughs) Is the linebacker coming? Is he getting over fast enough? Because Marshall would make that corner miss every single time. Never did he get tackled by that corner. Either he was stiff arming him or running over him or just shaking him out of his shoes. And that was kind of the way it became with Trey Sermon watching him is, you always never expected him to go down with the first tackle and and not going down with the second tackle wasn't even that much of a surprise. He just broke tackles like it didn't matter. So, and you're comparing him to somebody who like Raheem Mostert or or complimenting him with somebody who and Raheem's a beast too. He's a big dude. But you've got this this really bruising running back that like you said can really wear down a defenses and then you've got Raheem who will just make your excellent angle look terrible because he's insanely fast. So it's a cool compliment, right? Yeah, it's unreal, man. And a lot of teams would, would die to have those two type of players. So it's going to be very tough to stop this offense, man. And I don't think we, we've put – we always talk about the defense, and for good reason. But I I want to see how they use all of these players. And, you know, it's going to be so – if as a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, you couldn't ask for a better situation. Like you're probably more than likely. I think I don't think we put enough emphasis on how much improved the offensive line is going to be, and I don't think it's far fetched to say that it'll be like a top five unit. So knowing you have a top five offensive line, knowing you have a top five play caller, and then the weapons around him with the running game, um, they're going to be able to do whatever they want. It's just about taking care of the football. So uh, and then I, you I, add. Trey Lance and if he if he works his way into the starting lineup or when he works his way into the starting lineup and whatever dynamic he brings and the fact that he's gonna have to be accounted for it could get silly yeah they're they're going to score prob so it sounds you know just like hyperbole to say this but I I'm pretty sure they're gonna average somewhere around uh, three and a half four touchdowns a game like they're gonna be in the high 20s every game and that's going to be um, really fun to watch because say, saying that they're going to average that means we're going to have some games where there's like five, six touchdowns. I, and I, I, it sounds like off-season talk, but I really do think they're going to be that good on offense. It's going to be fun. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that's crazy, man. I have big expectations for this offense this year. You got what I think is going to be. Uh, you know, a spicy Jimmy Garoppolo, somebody who wants to to keep his uh, keep himself in the spotlight. 
you have a you know a rookie quarterback that shit has all the talent in the world. We'll see. And then everything else, you know, Brandon Ayuk, who I think is going to drop into that genuine wide receiver one role, wide receiver one role. Easy for you to say. <laughs> this year, um, you know, and you still got like Kittle. We'll see what we get from Debo. And and like we just got talking about Raheem and it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But and then we have Simba Webster. Hey, <laughs> the biggest <laughs> news of the day. Right. Fred who? We got Simba. Anyways. um, Yes. So, former Rams wide receiver that was cut. The 49ers claimed him off waivers from my extreme deep dive into his abilities. I'm thinking kind of just somebody that might be able to compete for a roster spot. And a lot of that may be on the back of his special teams experience. I don't even know if I should say you know, ability or playmaking, but because I, you know, I, I don't know how much of that is there, but I know that that's kind of his selling point is his special teams, right? Yeah. So he was actually 10th in the NFL in punt return average last year. Um, he broke a 38 yard in the playoffs against, uh, I believe it was against the Seahawks as a kick returner. So good. The, yeah. The ability, right. <laughs> the ability is there. Uh, I think in 2019 he was a better kick returner, but um, the 49ers do like desperately need somebody to flip the field for them. And, and I don't mean that with every return, but like once a game, just flip the field or once every other game, take it from the 20 to the 40 and just make life easier for your offense. And I think not having to uh, not having the worst starting field position in the NFL will go a long way for the offense and, and, because that's what it was. That's what it felt like last year. Anyway, I'm pretty sure they were bottom three. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I have a, a deep scouting report on uh, again. Amazing name, Simba Walker in Simba Walker. However, it is you say it, 180 pound uh, NFL player. He's not going to you know shake up the offense, but just if he is able to make it, and he'll have a chance, I imagine, in preseason. So if he if he breaks any in preseason, then he'll be on the roster. But it'll it'll come back to how many receivers they keep if they go light at tight end. And I mean, we'll see. We shall see. Yeah. And then the last thing kind of of, of note, obviously you had your big, you have your big Fred Warner news. Um, but the last thing we got was the 49 newly acquired signed this year. Uh, obviously not new to the NFL veteran uh, safety, Tony Jefferson, the 49ers signed him uh, this, this off season. If you didn't forget, um, he sat out last year. What was, was it an ACL injury? What was, what was the, Rupture Achilles. It was his Achilles. Yeah. So he he sat out last year. No, it wasn't Achilles. What was it? Twenty nineteen. Talking yeah. about Tony Jefferson, he, right? Yes. It was okay. It was an ACL tear. Got it. I'm yeah. getting a, Tony Jefferson mixed up with uh, the 49ers own Tarverius Moore. So, um, or the but he kind of just had a quick quote. Players that got injured last year. I know, dude. Heaven forbid. I'm mixing them all up. Okay. Anybody listening should. The one thing you should understand if I'm mixing things up is injuries because we've had to keep track of a lot of them around here. And I should just say season ending injury and just call it good because, right. you know, take <laughs> your pick. But, um, you know, he said he was eager to get started. He had a little interview with MJ Acosta on NFL Network and uh, Kyle Manson over at Niners Wire got a hold of it. He said, sitting out a year, you just completely miss everything. Jefferson said, you just want to put your hand in the pile at this point for me. 
being undrafted. It's like starting all over again and just going out there and proving yourself and making a name. Because, you know, you sit out a year, a lot of people forget. People forget who you are, forget what you've done. And it's time for me to remind people, or as Dr. Disrespect usually says, remind them. So, I mean, you and I... You <laughs> you and I have have kind of have talked a little bit about Tony Jefferson and the fact that maybe the 49ers could carve out a bigger role for him, like a sub-package role, than we might think. I mean, has is, is anything else come across your, uh, your mind when it comes to Tony Jefferson? Do you expect him to have a big role this year, or do you, do you even expect him to make the roster? Yeah, I, I would be surprised if he didn't make the roster. I like his quote just about, you know, people forgetting who you are because we forget these guys have like a monster size ego and for good reason, because they're one of the best, some of the best in the world at what they do. And knowing that just sitting out, you know, missing out on the game that you've been playing all of your life, there has to be like a certain level of drive and like hunger that, that reaches you. So I think, you know, a year removed now from injury, he should be, I don't know what his athleticism is going to be like, but. As a football player, he's always been one of the very best at his position, like for what he's asked to do, like in that box. So, yeah, I could see him being like a dime type of linebacker where uh, you have Tart, you have Ward, and you have Jefferson there. And, and they're kind of all interchangeable in that sense. So, yeah, I I think it's always best when you just get your athletes on the field. So um, it, it'll, it'll come down to, you know, how comfortable he is, if he can still run or not. But he's just a heady player. He's a smart dude. He, and he, he always tends to find the ball, and it's usually near the line of scrimmage. So those are the guys you want on the football field. And uh, a veteran, he knows the game, too. He's not going to make those stupid mental mistakes that, you know, have, have kind of plagued the 49ers secondary when some of the safeties have gone down. So it, in that sense, if they are going to compete for a playoff, you know, just to make the playoffs, a guy like Jefferson is a guy you want to keep around. So I'm I'm excited to see his role, too. Yeah, to me it kind of comes down to, like, do you want Tony Jefferson on the field in like a sub package look, or do you want like Demetrius Flanagan Foles or Aziz Alshair? Like you can get a genuine linebacker out there. I mean, dime obviously refers to defensive backs, but it, it kind of just how they want to allocate their, their resources. And I could just see Tony Jefferson being out there a little bit more appealing than, you know, going with like a third linebacker or something like that. Oh, not yeah. to mention the fact that Tony Jefferson in and of himself is a big dude. He's not small. He's 5'11", 212. So he can, he can hang with, with any type of linebacker role. So I would like to see them get out there. And then, you know, they got um, Talanoa Hufanga, who they just drafted this year. I don't know what to expect from him. Um, but if Tony Jefferson's going to earn a spot on the field, it, you know, there's, it's not like it's going to be given to him. But the idea of Jimmy Ward, Jaquiski Tart, and Tony Jefferson being on the field, at, you know, being the secondary and all on the field at the same time would be pretty interesting. That's a lot of experience. You know, that's, that's a lot of playmaking ability. So it would just be fun to see. I don't, you know, fun to see. I'm hoping he makes it a little, I'm always a sucker for a, for a good comeback story, but. For sure, yeah. And um, he's also, like, he fits with what they want to do. They they usually, like in Baltimore, he was blitzing a lot. And he was he was forcing fumbles. He was just, again, he was just around the ball. And when you when you have a guy like that, because turnovers have been hard to come by, um, not in one specific year, but just in general under, I guess, not Robert Sala anymore, but uh, the 49ers defense. So having, again, having a smart guy like that, it, it'll, it'll, 
there should be a trickle down effect. So maybe he'll help the rest of the guys, even if he's, you know, there's, there are plenty of veteran safeties, but a younger secondary and even a younger defense in general. So there are, there are ways that Tony Jefferson can help this team without showing up in the box score. So maybe that's, you know, um, maybe the most important reason that he's going to make the roster. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I think that about covers it for today. We get, we again, recap, hope Richard Sherman's getting better. 49ers paid all pro Fred. Um, so finally signed Trey Sermon. Still waiting on Trey Lance and Ambry Thomas. Uh, we got our uh, our Lion King on with Simba Webster, and then we've got Tony Jefferson, who's eager to get back at it. So, um, I mean, that's a good little little wrap up. You got anything? You got any closing thoughts there, KP? No, man. I'm one week away, and then we will, we will have some uh, some footballs to talk about. Yeah, training. What did you say? In training camp a week from Saturday. Yeah, so July 27 is when they report when all the players show up, and then they take the practice field on Saturday. So put the pads on and strap them up, and we get to football. I know, man. That's that's always to me when it when it begins, when the season starts. It's when training camp starts because a training camp is interesting. Things are happening. You're getting worthwhile kind of developments. Some of it can be a, a bit – over the top, but at the same time, it's just, you know, things are happening and guys are out there competing. And to me, that's kind of where, where the season starts in my head. So I'm excited for that, but Hey, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Thank you for listening to striking gold. Um, probably once training camp starts, we'll probably kick it up to, to two podcasts a week. And then I'm assuming maybe when the season starts, it might be bumped up to three. So, so we'll be moving. Things are going to start moving and shaking and jiving and winning and, and scoring and whatever. And, uh, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to Striking Gold. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for the encouraging stuff. You guys write us on Twitter after, you know, after some of the pods. Um, We always love reading that. Um, Whether it's encouragement or criticism or whatever you got, you know, just chiming into the conversation. Uh, Don't ever hesitate to hit us, hit me or KP up on Twitter to, uh, to kind of just talk or react to what we talk about, man. I encourage it. I encourage it. So, um, you already know what it is. Make sure you, uh, you know, leave a like, subscribe, download, all that stuff you're supposed to do. Um, I'm Rob. That's KP. This is Striking Gold. And for another episode, we are signing out. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously. They squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals, and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contain high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England, not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.